You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Today, though, here's what we're doing. We're wrapping up this little mini-series that we've been in, a mini-teaching series called The Blessing of God. This is part number three, and today we're talking about the first, or another way of saying it, is the principle of the first. How there's a principle in Scripture of basically how we, it's our job to um, put God first in our life, but a better way of saying it is to keep God first in everything that we do. And we'll look at that here in just a second. This is an extremely important message for every single human being, uh, because here's why. If, if God is first in your life, everything else will fall into place, okay? If God's not first in your life, then nothing can come into order. If God's not first, nothing can come into order. And so here's the thing. When God's first, it doesn't mean that I won't face trouble or hardship or testing or, or trials. That's not what I'm saying. But when God's first, everything comes into order behind that. And another way of saying it is I would say it like this. Um, and we'll look at this in just a second. But if God's not first in it, whatever it is, your life, your finances, your marriage, if God's not first in it, he's not in it at all. If God's not first in it, he's not in it at all. And I'll show you that here in just a little bit. Um, spoiler, uh, no, I'll save it for just a little bit, okay? It's a, it's a little bit later on. So here's the thing. Today, though, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break down from Scripture the principle of the first. And there's a few um, firsts, if you want to call it that, that we're going to look at that point us to. Last week we talked about um, the blessing of God, how when we honor God with our money by tithing, giving the first 10%, we, we position ourselves under his blessing. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have five mansions and 12 cars and all this stuff. Like the blessing of God is more than financial. The blessing of God goes all around us. It's his favor. It can be financial when I steward my, my stuff properly. God wants to bless me so I have margin to bless others. But the blessing of God go, is so much grander than just I am physically blessed, financially blessed. It is so much grander than that. Last week we talked about the tithe positions us under that blessing. When I do not honor him with the tithe, though, we talked about how God himself says, you have robbed me of the opportunity to bless you. And you have positioned yourself under a cursed system. And that's why you're facing all this hardship. That's what he shows us. And so today we're going to talk about, though, a little bit of a deeper dive into why is it important to put God first. And so let's look at it. The first, uh, first, if you want to look at it that way, is the, point number one is this, the firstborn. We're going to talk about the firstborn here for a second. Now, I'm going to teach a little bit today, but stay with me because this is, this is extremely applicable. If that, I think that's how you say that word. You can apply it to your life today, okay? That's how you say it. Uh, you can apply it today. We'll say it that way. Um, I have confidence saying it that way. All right, so the firstborn. The firstborn uh, must be, here's the thing, sacrificed or redeemed. I'm going to talk a lot today uh, about the tithe and how it, how it applies to us a little bit. But um, I would encourage you in this. If you have more questions about this, I pulled a lot of my study and a lot of... Um, a lot of my research, I looked at a specific book called The Blessed Life by Pastor Robert Morris. So if you're like, you have more questions about this, you want more insight, I would encourage you to listen to, he's got a series on it on YouTube, you can get his book, he's got a Bible app, uh, uh, you can, you know, thing that you can go, devotion you can go through, that's probably the easiest way. He goes into much more detail than I am today. I, he's an, a fantastic teacher. So um, I, if you have gone through that before, you're going to see some similarities. I pull a lot of his big ideas from him. So the first thing is this. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Okay, so let's look at it. Exodus, we're going to go to Exodus 13, verses 1 through 2. It says this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate 
to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Here we are, we see God setting up the principle of the first. The first thing is this, he says, is consecrate. Consecrate, what is that? It is to set apart or to make holy. This is a set apart thing, set it aside for him. And at the end, what does he say? It is mine, it belongs to me, do not touch it. That's, what, that's the whole point. You're gonna see this theme time and time again. That's mine, that's not yours. Do not touch the, the, the holy part, the consecrated part. Do not touch it. Let's skip down to verse 12. It says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Here's the big idea here. If you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Here's the principle inside the principle of the first is this. If you don't redeem it, you will lose it. If you don't choose to redeem it, you're going to lose it. So let me break this down. How do they know what to do, right? There's, there's sacrificing, there's redeeming. How do, we, how do we balance all this? How do I know do I sacrifice it or do I redeem it in the Old Testament here for them? Basically, he gives two things, a donkey and a lamb, two examples. The donkey was an example of an unclean animal. The lamb is an example of a clean animal, unclean and clean now, again, in our culture, it, this is difficult to understand sometimes to wrap our mind around, but bear with me. I try to make it as simple as possible. Donkey is unclean. A lamb is clean. He says this, if your unclean animal has a firstborn, you have to redeem it. It's unclean. You have to redeem it or make it holy. If your clean animal has a firstborn, you must sacrifice it. So here's the comparison, right? The firstborn clean animal must be sacrificed. The firstborn unclean must be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean, okay? Bear with me here, okay? I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff out here, but just here's, here's, what does this represent today? Here's what it means, okay? Let me apply it to us. When humans are born, are we born clean or unclean? Unclean, Okay. You can answer if you want. They're not trick questions. We're born unclean, right? Why? Because we have, we have a sin nature. We're born with a, with a sin nature. We're born unclean. If you don't believe that, ask any parent in the room, right? Do I have to teach my kid to be bad? No. Do I have to teach my kid to be good? Yeah, right? Like, I have to teach my kid to be good. Um, it's easy for them to be selfish. It's natural to be selfish. I have to teach my kid to share, to be nice to other people, to not uh, throw rocks at that neighbor kid across the street. I have to teach my kid to, to be good, right? We are born unclean, but here's the comparison. Was Jesus born unclean or clean? Clean. The perfect lamb of God. There's the comparison. So, Here's what we see. When it, how does this Old Testament stuff apply to us humans today? Here's how it applies. The clean had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed. Let me say it this way. Jesus, who was clean, had to be sacrificed so that the unclean, you and me, could be redeemed. We have no hope without the sacrifice of the perfect lamb of God the perfect lamb of God. It's all Jesus. So the clean had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed. 
All right, so the Bible, here's, here's where it gets interesting now. How does this apply to the blessing of God? How does this apply to tithe, right? The Bible says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. He's also called the first fruits, but let's look at this part for a second. He's the firstborn of many brethren. So in the principle of the putting God first and in talking about tithe, here is, I, I, this is how Pastor Robert Morris said it, and this is the first time I've ever heard it put this way, but look at it and how it applies to what we just read. When it comes to tithe, Jesus is God's tithe. Jesus is God's tithe. Bear with me here. I'll show you. Here's why. Here's why we, I believe that wholeheartedly. Because you don't wait to see if you have enough left over to tithe. I don't wait to see if I can pay all my bills before I tithe. I tithe by faith. I tithe by faith. I tithe first. The principle of putting God first. Here's what God did. God did not wait to see if you'd clean up your act before he sent Jesus. Think about this. He, God gave Jesus when we were spitting on him, mocking him, beating him, and nailing him to a cross. He still gave Jesus, what Romans says, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. The Bible also says that God gave Jesus in hope that we would receive so in the original language, that root word hope is also the same root word for faith. So think about this. God, the Almighty God, gave his son Jesus in faith, in hope that you would receive. He didn't wait for you to say, I'm good enough, now send Jesus. He said, I know you'll never be good enough because you're unclean. He said, I'm going to send something clean, someone clean that can redeem you and make you the way that you are designed to be. He gave Jesus in hope. This is exactly how the tithe works. God doesn't ask us to do things that he doesn't do himself. He's not going to ask us to do things that are outside of his character. God said, I'm asking you to trust me with the tithe. And he said, I'm going to give way more than just some sum of money. I'm tithing my son to you. <laughs> I'm tithing my son to you. I'm giving what? the firstborn of many brethren, in faith, in hope that you will believe him and receive him. This is exactly how the tithe works, right? So if we look back at the other example, God says, give me the first lamb, give me the first clean one, right? He doesn't say, wait until you have 10 lambs and then give me the one that you don't like, right? Don't wait. He doesn't say, wait until you have 10 lambs and give me the one that's always escaping, the one that's always eating your flowers, the one that's always causing a mess. Give me that one. No, he says, give me the first one, the first one. Whenever they went into the promised land, when they went into the promised land, God said, bring me all the silver and gold from Jericho and bring it to the house of the Lord. Why? Jericho was the first city. It's always the first. How many of them, I mean, how many of them would have went in and would have liked to kept some of that stuff so we were supplied for the next battle or I could set it aside because I took over this part? He says, no, it's the first. It belongs to me. Give me the first. Here's why this is important. The first portion redeems the rest the first portion redeems the rest so if they did not sacrifice their clean animal the first the other ones were not were not redeemed if they did not redeem the unclean the other ones he said you might as well break its neck you can't use it if it's not redeemed you will lose it the first portion redeems the rest and this is why i would say this this is why you can't afford to give your redemptive portion to target or the mortgage company, or the utility company. You can't afford to give your first, when you're tithing, somewhere else. Why? 
Because the mortgage company and Target, they don't have the power to redeem or to bless your finances or your life. Okay? You may say Target's a blessing to you. All right, I get that, right? So that's what my wife Leslie would say. Well, Target's a blessing. It is, but Target doesn't have the ability to supernaturally, is what we're talking about, supernaturally bless your life and redeem your finances. Only the Almighty God does. Now, I know I threw a lot at you. Bear with me. We're going to point number two is this. So the firstborn, the second is the first fruits. Jesus is God's tithe. God says, I'm going to show you what I want. Okay, when it comes to the tithe. I'm going to show you why this is important. And then the first fruits is the next thing that we see. The first fruits must be offered to God. This is all of our increase. And so let's look at it. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Every, you look at, when we talked about tithe last week, and if you missed last week's message, go back and listen to it, especially if you're in here and you're thinking uh, tithe is just Old Testament, it's under the law, it's not for us today. Go back and listen to last week's message, we talk about all of that. But every time we see the tithe and bringing something to God that is his, honoring him first, the promise is always the same. He says, when you put me first, the blessing of God is the promise. He says, when you bring the first fruits, here's what happens, your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow. He says, when you honor me first, I can do some amazing things in your life. I want to bless you. That's his heart. That's his character. I want to bless you. If you'll just do what I've asked you to do in here, it's really simple. And then let's look at Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Here's the principle when it comes to the tithe. The tithe always goes to the house of God. Now, is it good to support other ministries? Is it good to support uh, missionaries? Absolutely. We do that as a church. We do that personally. However, when it comes to my tithe, my tithe goes to my, the local house of, the, of God, where the local church that I am involved in, that I call home, my home church. That's where it goes. The tithe always comes to the house of the Lord. We see that time and time again. Here's what's interesting, though. God never uses the word give when it comes to tithing. He never uses the word give when it comes to tithing. He always says, bring, bring the tithe, bring the first fruits, bring it to me. And so here's the, here's the thing. Why, why does he say that? You can't give what doesn't belong to you, right? Let's say uh, I wanted to go, I wanted to bless you with a, a vehicle. And so I went out in the parking lot and uh, I saw Officer Reed's um, a, a vehicle that is assigned to him from the Tulsa Police Department. I say, oh, hey, this vehicle is yours. I'm going to give you this vehicle. How many think that's going to go over well, right? No, it's not, okay? That's not going to go over good. Why? That's not my car. That's not my vehicle. That's Officer Reed's. That's his patrol vehicle. That's his vehicle. I can't give you something that doesn't belong to me. Same reason God says, you don't give me the tithe. You bring me the tithe. Another way of saying it is you return the tithe to him. It's already his. It's all his anyway. He says, you return it to me. And so when it comes to the tithe, we looked at two things. One thing last week, but the, and then this week we're going to look at it. You can only have two options when it comes to the tithe. Either you bring it or you steal it. I'm going to be real, okay? When it comes to the tithe, there's only two options, scripturally. I am bringing the tithe to God, to his house, or I'm stealing it. Last week we talked about, God says, what? You are robbing me. Yes, you're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you, but it's still, you are robbing me. Remember, robbing is what? When I rob somebody, it's personal. He didn't say, you, you, he didn't call it theft. Theft is when you take something when somebody's not home, right? You robbed me personally. Either I'm stealing it 
or I'm bringing it. Those are the only two options. You can bring it to the house of God or God's house, or you can keep it in your house or in your tent, as Scripture says, and it's called stealing, okay? Let's take it a step further, though. Let's go back a little bit and look at the principle of the first and even tithing in Genesis chapter 4. Look at this. This is crazy. Genesis 4, 3 through 5. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. I remember growing up about, and, and learning about this and, and being a little confused exactly why this took place. Why did God accept one and reject the other? But when you understand the principle of the first, it all makes sense. Let's look at strategic wording here. In the process of time, it came to pass, <laughs> Cain brought an offering. Did he give to God? Yeah. In the process of time, Cain brought an offering. What is that? That's not the first fruits. It wasn't first. In the process of time, how long? Time has gone on, and then he's like, oh, I need to, I need to give some to God. But what's been happening between the time when he was, should have been bringing the first until he said, oh, I have some now to bring to God? It's not the first fruits. That's why God can't accept it. That's why God rejected it. But what do we see? We see then in Abel, Abel brought the firstborn. You see, the first, the first point we talked about today, the firstborn, he brought it. He said, I'm bringing the first, my best in faith, I'm bringing it to, the God, to, to our Heavenly Father. So here's the interesting part. It's not that God would not accept it, but it's that God could not accept it. And hear this. It's not that he would not. He could not. Bear with me here for a second. Many people think that God can do anything, but that's not entirely true. Now, before you storm out of here and be offended at Pastor Dan, listen to me. God cannot act outside of his character, okay? God is holy, meaning there's nothing in him that he's going to act in an unholy manner. He is holy. That's something, he can't be unholy. He is just. He can never be unjust. He is love. He cannot be unloving. Everything he does is inside his character. Another thing God can't do is God can't think the way that we think. There are verses about the thoughts of God. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, right? But God doesn't think the way that we think. We think to figure things out. <laughs> God's not trying to figure anything out. God's not learning. He's not trying to problem solve. God, is, he, God knows everything at the same time. He's never had an idea, right? He hasn't been sitting up there in this past year and been like, oh, you know what? You know what I just thought of with this whole pandemic thing going on? Shoot, we should have thought of this earlier. No, that's never happened, okay? He's never had an idea. He's never had that moment with the angels. He's never had that moment. He's never had an idea. He's not thinking to figure out. He knows. He knows it all. Here's the other thing, another thing that God can't do. God can't be second. God can't be second. This is called the preeminence of God. He can't be second. Even if, and here's what's interesting, even if God isn't first in your life, he is still first in the universe. A lot of people who hate God, who don't know God, who have been, had God misrepresented to them and are far from him, they think that they're taking a jab at God because they don't put him first or they're not following him. But the thing is, even if he's not first in your life, 
it doesn't change the fact that he's still first in the universe. He's still number one. He cannot be second. And so here's what happens. God, or Cain brings an offering. It's secondary. Therefore, God says, I cannot accept it. Abel brings the first fruits of the firstborn. It's first. And God accepts it because Abel acknowledges him first. So you see how God, all through Scripture, he has put up this, this principle of the first as a way of saying, am I truly the Lord of your, of your life? Am I truly, do you truly trust me with everything that you have? It's all through scripture that we see it. But many times we get hung up on the word tithe, right? Well, that's just the, the local church wants my money and, and they're always twisting my arm to get more money. But the question with the tithe is simply this. Scripturally, it's who is first in your life? Because from Genesis all the way through, and last week we looked at all the new, some New Testament examples, not all of them, but some of the New Testament examples, God is continuing to talk about the tithe. And over half the times he talks about the tithe, it's not in the law. So it's not just for a certain group of people. He's saying, will you put me first? And here's why this is important. Before I get to that, let me, one more verse for you. Matthew 6, 21. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you want me to tell you who's first in your life, you can show me your bank statement. If you want me to tell you who's first in your life, show me your bank statement. Why? That's what Jesus said. <laughs> where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Here's what you would see. I'll be transparent with Leslie and I's bank statement. Okay, we get paid every two weeks, or I get paid every two weeks. You would see a deposit from Abide Church, and then right after that, you would see a transaction to Abide Church. It's my tithe. Deposit, two weeks later, deposit, next one, tithe. Two weeks later, deposit, tithe. That's what I mean. I'm honoring God with my increase, my increase, 10% of my increase. It's the first 10% to leave my hand. Now, here's where people get hung up. This is not a legalistic thing, okay? Let's say we get paid, we get a direct deposit, okay? So we get paid, and we have to go out, and we have to buy some stuff. Let's say we go to Target for, for just an example, just a random place, right? We go to Target, and uh, we had to buy some groceries or something at Target, and we realize, oh, man, we forgot what day it was or something happened. We were busy. It's Friday. We got paid, and we had the deposit, but then we went to, we went to Target, so I guess we're cursed, right? Our, the rest of the paycheck's cursed. Get it out of the account. Just, just put it in the trash, right? It's cursed. We don't want to use it anyway. It hasn't been redeemed, right? No. <laughs> this isn't a legalistic thing. And if you think it's a legalistic thing, you don't know the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is a principle of putting him first. Why? He's not looking. He wants to see the fruit of your actions, yes, but he's more interested in your heart, did we honestly forget? Was it, we were just busy and we got caught up? That happens sometimes. So what do we do? We make it right. It's a principle. That's the heart of the Father. He's not a legalistic God who's waiting to smack you down and put you under a curse or anything like that when you mess up or you don't give the first. That's not him at all. Let me show you. Point number three is this. The tithe must be first. You guys doing Okay. It's a little bit of a different message. I've never done uh, two, I've never actually taught on the tithe. This is my first two times, so it's good. It's good. It's good for me. It's good for Leslie. It's good for our family. The tithe must be first. Let's look at it. Leviticus, I'm going to tie everything we looked at together, okay? So I know I threw a lot at you the first two points. Let's tie it together, though. Leviticus 27:30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Okay? It's holy to the Lord. Holy is what? It is set apart. It is to consecrate. 
It's the same thing we've been looking at from the very beginning. It's all the same. It's holy. It's set apart. The tithe is practically, it's the first 10% to leave your hand. That's why I said when you look at our bank statement, what you're going to see is you're going to see the deposit and then you're going to see our tithe. It's the first thing that we're allowing to leave our hand. Now, if, you, if you're old school and you still like to write checks or you're giving cash, what are you doing? It's the first thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, old school, we write the check and set it aside. And the next time I go to church, I drop it in, right? It doesn't mean I can't spend any money until I drop that check in. It's I'm taking it and I am spiritually setting it aside for God. It's set aside. It's, it's, to, it's to consecrate. The first 10%. It's the first 10% to leave. Here's, what, here's the issue. Too many people, they, they'll pay the mortgage company and they'll get their groceries and then they'll go to utilities and do all this stuff. And then they'll be like, have this uh-oh moment. Ah, we, we didn't have enough left over for God. And that's the issue. My approach to God is leftovers. It's not first. It's the leftover. And they are forgetting, they're forgetting that the first 10% redeems the rest. Remember the firstborn. The first redeems the rest. The redemptive part redeems. When I give it, it redeems the rest. And this is why you may have heard this said before. That's why we say God can do more with your 90% than you can with your 100%. But let me say it this way. This is, this is what ties it together. God can do more with a redeemed 90% than you can with a cursed 100%. Isn't that what we looked at last week, right? He said, you are cursed. Not God is cursing you. He's saying, no, you put yourself under a cursed system when you don't put me first. God can do more with a redeemed 90% than you can with a cursed 100%. I don't know about you. I trust God enough to say, God, I'm going to give to you 10%. Easy. Sometimes is it easy? Not, Not always, but I do it what? By faith. If I waited till the end, there's no faith involved. And what did God say? We walk by faith. By faith. Do you trust me? That's what he's asking. He wants to redeem the 90. So if we paid and we, we forget to, to pay the tithe and we went to the grocery store or did whatever, I'm not cursed. It's not a legalistic thing. Remember, what happens? No, I still go and I pay my tithe and I make it right. It's a principle. God is looking at your heart. And here's why. Here's why this is so personal to me. Go back to Exodus 13. Look at verse 14. It says, he says this, So it shall be when your son asks you in the time to come, saying, What is this? <laughs> that you shall say to him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Here's what this verse is saying. He's saying there's going to come a time when your kids come to you and they're like, What is going on? Why are we slaughtering all these animals? <laughs> Why are we sacrificing the firstborn of this animal? Why do we have to do all of this stuff? What is going on here? And he says, at this point in time, he said, when your kids ask you that, you sit them down and you put them on your knee and you look them in the eye and you tell them, son, we weren't always this way. We weren't always free to have our own animals. We weren't always free to be farmers. We weren't always free to be in this land that God is taking us or that we will have. We weren't always free. But God, with a mighty hand, brought us out of the house of bondage. I don't know the details of your journey, but I can tell you the details of mine. And I can tell you this. I've had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home, but I can tell you this. 
I haven't been perfect, but there's been times in my life that I knew if I continued going down a certain path or if my family went down a certain path that destruction would overtake us. And without the grace of God, I have no idea where I would be today. But God loved me enough to send Jesus for me. Even when I was still sinning, even when I wasn't walking close with him, but he sent Jesus for me. And because he did, I can be free from sin. I can experience his goodness and I can walk in his blessing and I know his love and I know his mercy. And is it always easy? No. But God's blessing is greater and his grace is sufficient for anything that I might face. Why? (laughs) Because I've chosen to honor him. We've all at some point in our life been going down a path to hell. But God, with a mighty hand, delivered us. Therefore, I say we gladly give to God the first of all of our increase. That's why the tithe isn't a burden to me. That's why we don't, I mean, unless they don't have to have a deep conversation about it. Why? Because I know where I'd be without him. And if anything, I'm just a simple way to say, God, I'm putting you first and I just want to say thank you. And God says, that's all I was looking for. Here's my blessing. Here's the reflection questions for you today. Is God first in your life? Maybe for you, he is. Maybe you've been tithing, maybe you've been following him. That's awesome. If that's true, I'd say go to the second question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Do you have a second step? Is there something that maybe you need to take a step of faith on? But for maybe some of you in here, you'd say, Pastor Dan, God's not first in my life, not just in my money, but in my life in general. Today, that can change. Today, you can put him first and you can experience his forgiveness and his goodness and his love today before you leave. Here's the action step. Last week, we talked about this is the only area that you can test God in. He says, test me. I would say this, test the goodness of God by putting him first in your life through tithing. Just, I I dare you, test him. See what he will do. And then the last one is just as important, the action step. Keep a grateful heart while you walk in the blessing of God. It can be easy when life is good to forget God. It can be easy when life is good to not pray as much as you should. It can be easy when life is good to just skip a few days or a few weekends at church or a few days in God's word. Why? Because life's good. But you gotta realize, why is life good? You're walking in his blessing. Let's keep a grateful heart as we walk in it. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us even an opportunity to experience your goodness. You didn't have to be this good to us. We didn't deserve for you to be this good to us. But Lord, we thank you that you sent Jesus anyway to love us enough to meet us where we're at, to set us free, and to bring us close to you. And God, I just pray that we would receive it today. Help us walk in it today, not as a legalistic thing, that checkbox we have to do, but help us understand the principle when we put you first, that you bless our life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.